Happy Thursday, everybody. Welcome to the Unseminary Podcast. You know, leadership has felt pretty uncertain and divisive over this past year. Definitely more than I've ever experienced before. And the future, frankly, isn't much clearer at all. How do you make decisions when the future isn't predictable and when your team has different opinions? If you're looking for clarity on how to make the right decisions as you advance your mission in 2021, or how to change quickly and meet the constantly changing landscape, or how to get team buy-in on every decision so you're not carrying the load alone, then you should check out this brand new resource from your friend and mine, Carrie Newhoff. It's called the Pivot Ready Cheat Sheet. This free cheat sheet will give you a framework that effective and resilient leaders use to make decisions and take action. To get instant free access, all you need to do is t- text the word Pivot Ready, all one word, P I V O T R E A D Y, to 33777. That's Pivot Ready to 33777, and you'll get a copy delivered directly to your inbox. If you're outside of the U.S., you can go to pivotreadycheatsheet.com to access your copy. Again, this is a free resource for you from our good friend, Carrie Newhoff, helping you as we really pivot into this new year. All right, let's jump in with today's episode. Let's go. Welcome to the Unseminary Podcast. Are you looking for practical ministry help to drive your ministry further, faster? Have a sinking feeling that your ministry training didn't prepare you for the real world? Hey, you're not alone. Join thousands of others in pursuit of stuff that we wish they had taught in seminary. Buckle up and let's get started with this week's Unseminary Podcast. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Unseminary Podcast. So glad that you have decided to tune in today. Uh, We know that you've got a lot going on in your church, and the fact that you put us in your earbuds is just amazing. You know, every week we try to bring you a leader who will both not only inspire, but also equip you. We're super excited to have Drew Sherman with us today from Compass Christian Church. This is one of the fastest growing churches in the country. They have four locations, if I can count correct, in Texas. Uh, Drew's the lead pastor there, and this is just a fantastic church. A lot of reasons why we should lean in and learn from them. Uh, And so, Drew, welcome to the show. We're so glad you're here. Thanks, Rich. It's awesome to be here today. Well, I'm so honored that you would take some time out to be with us. Why don't we start with kind of telling us a little bit about Compass and give us kind of a flavor of the church, give us a bit of the history, you know, tell us a little bit of the story there. Yeah, happy to. You know, uh, Compass is a multi-side church in DFW. Um, we have, like you said, four locations. We would say five locations. And of course, during the pandemic, we've been saying, hey, welcome to Compass. Our mission <laughs> is navigating people to God. We're one church in thousands of locations right now. But um, I, I think that's been real important because obviously our people are meeting all over the Metroplex and honestly all over the country as many churches that have online ministry are, are experiencing. But um, yeah, we're, we're, we have a, a campus. If you're familiar with the Dallas-Fort Worth area, our, our, our original campus is in Colleyville, which is right by the airport. And then we have a campus out by the racetrack in, in Roanoke and then in North Fort Worth and in a place called North Richland Hills. And, and then, of course, our fifth campus would be our online campus. So um, just experiencing a lot, of course, during the pandemic. And it's been obviously we've had to pivot like many other churches, but uh, I'm, I'm excited about the future of the church right now. And I, I feel I'm, I'm, I'm happy to talk about it. Yeah, very cool. Well, yeah, that's a part of why even just a little bit we've connected here. I mean, so we're kindred spirits on bullish on the future and excited for what God's going to do 
uh, do next for sure. I, I wonder if we could talk a little bit about, so this is, we're coming to the end of 2020. It's been quite the year. <laughs> There's been a lot that's happened. Um, give us a kind of an, a, a flavor and impact that, that, that COVID particularly has had on your church. What, what does that look like? Kind of talk us through the, you know, obviously the giant pivot and then what kind of, where has that left your church as you kind of look back on this year? Well, we, we've been talking, at least in our leadership circles, uh, you know, with, with staff and elders and team, you know, that we're, we have to be a both and church, not an either or church. And what I mean by that is we have to invest heavily in both the in-person experience and, of course, the, the online experience for our people. And I think that churches that don't do that are, are probably making a, a bit of a mistake. We've, we've got to realize this is kind of the future, at least for right now. And, and so I think the pivot for us has been fun. You know, we've we've really enjoyed connecting with our online crowd, but obviously it's not been without its challenges. I mean, <laughs> kind of jives with the spirit of of your entire podcast, the idea that you know I didn't I missed the class, you know, in seminary about how to <laughs> how to lead did. a church <laughs> through a pandemic during a pandemic. So yes, but. Uh, you know, we've tried really hard, first of all, to make outreach a focal point where, you know, we've, and this is not, I don't say this, uh, to, to brag or anything, but we've been, we've been yeah. really, really proud of our people. We, we've, we've prepared and distributed 4.1 million meals during COVID, uh, to, to the hungry. And, uh, many of these went to Indian reservations in Arizona. We have a connection there. Uh, many went to uh, some of the poorest areas in the Dallas-Fort Worth area, and there are many. Uh, I know sometimes we think of places like Dallas, lots of rich people. Everywhere you go, there's lots of people who are under-resourced. And so um, we've been we've been doing that. I think that's really important to make outreach. And that's then, amazing. you know, I've been telling pastors all over, this is the time right now to cast vision for the future. Um, yeah, you know, I, absolutely. Be- before we jump onto the cast vision piece, I'd love to hear a little bit more about the the outreach. You know, so were you doing that kind of work before, and then you just accelerated that, or was that kind of a new muscle? How, how has that kind of what's that looked like for Compass during the season? We were, we were, but mostly globally. You know, we have a feeding program down in Haiti where we, you right. know, every year we do these. You know, we do a five hundred k meal marathon, and so. It's been on our radar for quite some time, but we just became aware of some needs here locally. And, you know, obviously pressing into the felt needs of your community is should be a major priority of every church. And so we found out that there were many, many people in South Dallas and in South Arlington and different areas, even in our community where people were needing food. And so we connected with uh, uh, some grocers in the area and, um, uh, we, we've been working hard to distribute that food. And then, of course, we found out through one of our missionaries in, in the, in the, among, who works with Native Americans that there was a real need. And so we started just shipping out food and, and to them. And it's, beca- it's become we've had guys in our church getting, you know, huge trailers and head to Arizona. And so it's been super fun wow. to uh, try cool. and connect and help. You know. Yeah, I love that. We've we've heard that story pretty consistently through, and particularly on the feeding, you know, issue that that um, that is a uh, you know this kind of partnership with other organizations working together. Um, you know, we hear that time and again. Love that, and you know, I think that is one of the things we've all learned is that the church is, and we knew this before, but it's been a you know one of those things that stuck out has been the church is more than just gathering on Sundays, right? It's, it's, it's also, you know, things like this. So that's, that's amazing. Now you also mentioned cast vision. Give us an example. What has that looked like? How, how have you, uh, you know, kind of stepped up that game this year? 
Well, I think, you know, when you, when you're dealing with the pandemic, you have a lot of people that they get stuck in neutral and, and they, they can't think about tomorrow. You know, they just, they're in survival mode. Mm. And I think it's really important that you give them a vision of what your church is going to be doing tomorrow. Because I mean, think about it. There's, there's not, <laughs> there's not a ton of day-to-day operational activities we can do right now, apart from outreach and, and just ministering to our people. And of course we can disciple. We, we have a discipleship ministry called rooted that, probably a lot of your listeners have heard of. And, you know, we've, we've, we've discipled over 400 people through rooted during COVID online through a virtual rooted experience, but that's another topic for another day. But we've been, you know, casting vision for 2021 and 2022. And, and so uh, I think our people have enjoyed and it's kind of, kind of relaxed them and set them at ease that, Hey, the church, maybe the, maybe the world press pause, but the church press play. And so, mm. oh, that's uh, good. Love it. You, you know, we can move forward. And so we're in a, we're in a, actually in a generosity initiative right now called Unstoppable. So, oh, I mean, we had planned the the Unstoppable initiative before the pandemic. And so when the pandemic happened, we were like, well, are, are we going to like call it Stoppable now? Because you know, <laughs> <laughs> what, that's great. what, what are we going to do? So we just said, if we say we're Unstoppable, and then we stop because of, you know, some trials or oppression. Then we need to, you know, reevaluate our honesty and sincerity toward the vision. So huh. I think just advancing the Dude, mission. Dude, I love that. That, that. There's so many. Yeah, that is so great. I think there's so many churches that in this season have recoiled back. But I love that you've pushed forward. Um, maybe just pick apart that decision, you know, even on specifically the tactic around, okay, we're going to continue with a generosity initiative. Uh I, I know there are churches that have put those kinds of things on hold. Help, help us understand what led you to that point, and then maybe if are there any lessons specifically you've kind of learned around pushing forward on that in this season? Well, I you know I heard someone say, and I, I apologize that I don't have the resource on this or the source, I should say. But someone I heard someone say recently that the churches are going to do one of three things during the pandemic: they're going to either they're going to dive <laughs> or die or fizzle out. They're going to survive, you know, they'll, they'll, they'll make it, but, but they're not going to, you know, advance the mission much or they're going to thrive. And so, you know, to me, the, the, there's, there's three options there and two of them are really bad. So, uh, you know, I think <laughs> in order to thrive, we have to move the needle forward. And I, and I think that, um, the other thing that, that, that we're finding at least rich and, and I don't, I want to tread carefully here because I, I don't. I believe if churches are not having success in this, it, it may or may not be their fault. Sometimes it has to do with demographic and 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 just uh, you know certain areas of of our country have been hurt economically worse than others. But I'm finding in the circles that I'm talking to that generosity is is good during COVID. I mean mm-hmm. that that yep. in many many places that you know I, I can't tell you how many pastors I've heard say, "Hey, our giving is about what it was last year," which is just amazing if you think about it. Yes. Yes, I mean, yes. in our in our circles here in Texas, we went five and a half months without, you know, meeting, just being online only. And, you know, I have a friend in California. In fact, my son is the youth pastor at a church out at, in California. It's in Fullerton. It's called Eastside Christian Church. Gene Apple's the pastor there. Mm-hmm. And yeah, uh, my wife and I, uh, we were at the, the last service. The, the first weekend of March was the last time they've met. Okay. So, <laughs> yes, yes. So they haven't met since then. Um, but, but you think about, you know, generosity has still been extremely 
fruitful. And so why wouldn't you press into a generosity initiative? God's people have proven that they're, they're ready to give right now. So mm-hmm. Very at cool. least in, our, in the circles that, I'm running in. Yeah. Yeah. And, I, and I've heard that time and again as well from churches where, um, you know, their, their giving is either where it was or maybe a little bit down, but their, but their expenses are also down. And so it's actually been uh, a good year on the financial side. You know, I think we're all a little bit intrigued to see what happens here at the end of this year and see kind of what happens with, you know, the kind of that usually December obviously is a huge month in most churches. And so, normally, um, yeah. you know, there's a question for that. So, you know, we'll, we'll see where that is. That's, that's cool. Anything else you've been learning in this season that we kind of want to be thinking about how to how to lead? If we were to write a course for seminary on how to lead in the next hundred year pandemic, what would be some of the other things you'd be encouraging uh, students to be thinking about? <laughs> well, I, I just think that that it's a it's a there's just a reminder that if you think about your life, and I'm I'm talking even just in, in your 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 individual life, some of the most fruitful seasons of your life, if you look back on them, are never the easiest seasons. It's like, um, and I think this is so important to remember right now. You know, I think a lot of people are like, can't wait till, you know, 2020 is over. I'm just so over it. Well, it's not over you yet. (laughs) So that's one thing. But, but uh, I think the other thing is that you think about, like you think about Rich, the, the greatest teacher you've ever had, I'll bet you he or she was not the easiest teacher you ever had. And if you think about the greatest, like if you played in the sports arena, you know, if the greatest coach you ever had. My, the best coach I ever had was a coach that kicked my butt constantly and was on to me all the time. And he, he wasn't necessarily a <laughs> so fun true. coach. I will tell you that, but he was right. a great coach. Right. So your best teacher, your best boss, your best coach, they're, 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 they're very seldom ever the easiest coach or teacher or boss you ever, you know, served under. And I think 2020 will go down as the year where it was the hardest year of many of our lives but in some ways it might be the year we learned the most. And I just, I guess I would just encourage our listeners to, to make sure, man, never waste a pain, you know, mm-hmm. soak in every yes. moment. Uh, and, and what absolutely. are we learning from this? So yeah, absolutely. So that true. said, I'll be really happy on uh, January 1st that morning. I'd be really glad <laughs> to turn the page. It rolls over. Yeah, totally. Now, what, what's happened, you know, with your team this year, or when you have you learned anything around whether it's volunteers or staff, kind of thinking through this season and the impact on, uh, you know, the people side of the equation. What, what what lessons have you learned on that, as you know, as the the leader of your church? Well, I guess the first lesson is just pay attention to your team because it's it's interesting how that the COVID has played out in terms of emotional health. There, there are some of our staff, I just feel like they're better than ever and uh, they're doing so well. In fact, mm. I've talked to some of our guys who are introverts and they're like, you know, please don't tell anybody or quote that I'm saying this. And of course, here I am <laughs> on national podcast telling, but I won't tell them, yes. who, I won't tell you who it was. They're like, this has been the greatest year of my life, man. I'm an introvert and being in lockdown and shelter in place and having to do, this is awesome. Like I don't have to interact with people, you know, sure. and. So yes. I had one pastor who leads a church of over 5,000 say, this has been the m- most fruitful season of my life. I've enjoyed it. It's so replenishing. And then others, they're just drained. They just, you know, they want to talk yes. to people. They want to hug, you know. And so we've been really, really, we've been trying to be real careful and real diligent about people that are struggling to get them, you know, coaching and counseling because, um, you know, there's a lot of pastoral care that needs to happen right now. And I, and I think it speaks largely to how much we have ignored over the years, you know, the value of soul care. 
you know, yep. and um, we live, you know, I've read two books during the pandemic, both by John Mark Comer around this, the idea of uh, Garden mm-hmm. City, which I highly recommend. And then also I just finished his book, The Ruthless Elimination of Hurry. And he just talks about how, you know, hurry is an epidemic in our, you know, talk about epidemic, you know, um, hurry is an epidemic in our, yeah. in our world. And, and it's, uh, and th- that hurry and love are not compatible. And so, you know, maybe in some ways the pandemic has helped with that. It's slowed us down a little bit to where we can, you know, love people a little more diligently and intentionally. I think mm. Rich from the, is that, does that answer the question or not? Yeah, absolutely. I th- yeah. There's that, uh, that whole idea now, which actually got me thinking about another piece of it, which is, um, you know, this has been a season that I think we've all reevaluated uh, what we're doing as a church. And I'm, I'm sure you, you might have some initial questions or thinking around kind of the, the exit side of this. We're obviously not going to go back to where we were before, but there'll be some semblance of whatever the new normal, the next normal looks like. Has that impacted your thinking or your planning or your team's thinking and planning around even just what you do as a church, or the kind of how you structure your ministry, what programs you run, that sort of thing? Yeah, and I, I think that, you know, I do think that churches that don't pivot a little bit are going to be in big trouble because obviously, just like just like post 9-11, Rich, there's going to be some new societal norms that are going to absolutely be reality. And so we have to be ready for that. And I think obviously investing in online ministry is important. Also, this has been an, an optimal season as a leader and, you know, I, I actually was an executive pastor at a large church in Indianapolis for four years. And so I know we have a lot of ex-pastors that are listening right now. There's never been a better time to reevaluate staff and, and, and honestly do some shifting. And we're doing that right now um, that, um, um, you know, uh, getting the right people in the right seats on the bus. Um, mm. I, uh, I, I, this is a classic, but um one of the best books I've ever read on this is, is by Peter Drucker, the effective executive. And just his opening line is just incredible. He says the most important decision an executive makes is who does what. And I think that there's never been a better time to sit down and ask that question of your executive team, who's doing what, Mm -hmm. and do we have the right people on the right seats on the bus? And we have, already done some shifting um you know you you know you don't want to let anybody go really during this time i know a, a lot of churches have we haven't really necessarily laid anybody off but we've we've done some shifting mm. and trying to make sure the, the other thing that i think that, that's huge right now is just man don't feel like if you had something that maybe wasn't working real well you know prior right. to the, the pandemic yes. man kill that and and this is the optimal time not to bring it back. You know, a lot of people won't even notice. It's a great so excuse. It's, like, it's a great excuse to kill a few sacred cows that weren't working anyway. And um, yeah, totally. So that I think have, that have is, you guys have you guys done any of that kind of work? Have you have there have there been things that you maybe they weren't like oh this is a terrible thing and you're glad to get rid of it? But was there anything that kind of um, in this season you're hey you're happy to be able to to trim it? Uh, what what did that look like, or what, or it might even be just things you're you're thinking about or wondering about, um, you know? In this yeah, I think we're well. it's still evolving a little bit. I mean, obviously, one of the things that comes to mind that I'm sure a lot of your listeners is that I don't know that we'll ever pass the offering plates again, you know, because we don't need sure. to, you know. <laughs> yeah. So we've kind of gotten past yeah. that, which is good. I'm sure a lot of churches have transitioned in that. 
realm. Yeah. No, no. I think I think a lot of just um, um, I think moving to a, I think it's been awesome to be able to kind of transition our church to a little more simple church model, which is you know creating a culture that that really focuses on mission and and kind of eliminating some of those activities that you know one of the things if you ever watch like a a compass broadcast or a compass online you'll notice that we always say you know hey welcome to compass our mission is navigating people to god mm. i i think we've talked more about that in the last 3 months about what are some of the things that we are doing that weren't really navigating anybody to jesus and and how can we kind of eliminate those and focus on the things that are really advancing our mission and and so um, you know we're we're in the process of kind of evaluating that right now because I think that's super important that you know some of these I, I work with churches a little bit I do a little consulting on the side as well and I'm just shocked how complex an organism that many churches are they're just so many moving parts and I don't know how they ever accomplish anything because yep. obviously. You know, when you're trying to create synergy and you're trying to create a catalytic movement in your church, you have to get people rallied around a common mission. And I don't, it's just hard to rally people around any kind of common mission when everybody's going 100 yeah, different absolutely. directions. Yeah, that's that's a you know super good insight, and I you, you know I, we've seen um, in this season we by definition have had to become more simple. We all have our churches have become more simple, and I. I Oftentimes, and I'm sure you've seen this, there's this weird d- dynamic that actually a smaller the church it is, it seems like the more complex it is. It's like, you know, you talk to a church of 200 people who has like a real complex ministry structure that is is can be tiring. And one of the things that I think God uses is as we simplify, that does allow us, makes it easier for us to scale. That gives us a better shot at um, you know, reaching more people. And this could be a season where we're able to actually wrestle through and think about, hmm, you know, maybe there's, we haven't done this thing for, for months. Maybe we we don't ever need to do it again. And, you know, we'll continue to be able to uh, move forward and continue to be able to reach uh, the people that God's called us to reach. Yeah, that's that's yeah. really that's really good. I try and quote Andy Stanley to our guys a lot. And he, when he says, complexity is the enemy of clarity. Oh, so true. Yeah, absolutely. uh, For sure. And that's when we have to figure out. So, yeah. So when you look up over the horizon a little bit, when you say, okay, we're looking now into next year and, you know, we've got the, the kind of the continual pivot that we'll see, you know, we'll continue to see, um, you know, impacts from COVID even, even with, obviously we're all hoping that the, the um, vaccine will roll out quickly and all that, but this is going to, we're still going to see some impacts linger into, into next year. What are some of the questions you're asking or some of the issues you're wrestling with as a leader, as a church, as you look up over the horizon, as you kind of think a little bit about the future, are there things that come to mind that you're still, you're still thinking about, you're still wondering about? Yeah, I'm trying to figure out what it, what does a digital disciple look like? You know, it, it, there. Listen, I think that, you know, I think when I talk to pastors all over the country, you know, they range from hey, we're running about 35 percent in person to some as high as 60 percent. I think what's going to happen is it, when when, the, when there's a vaccine and we get six months to a year in, you know, I think probably, I again, nobody knows. I mean, we could listen to this podcast few months from now and laugh at it. But the reality is that I think probably fall of 221 is going to be a real important time for in-person gatherings mm-hmm. as we go into next Christmas mm-hmm. as well. And and I think that a lot of pastors are going to get a little hung up in trying to get their 
pre-COVID crowd back. And I think that's going to be a monumental mistake. I think that, first of all, I think about 25% might never come back. I just think that people are going to get, especially if your online ministry is solid, I think they're they're going to, and that was that's another. I've actually talked to some pastors that are like, I don't want to make our online ministry amazing because I'm afraid people will never come back. So that's interesting. Oh I mean, gosh, I, yeah, I never yeah, that is thought about that, but um, but but I think that as many as 25 percent may never come back, and they may still watch online and they may still love the messages and and love worship, but they just have are comfortable with the idea of, of, of being their own house church or microsite or whatever you want to call it. So I think right. don't chase down the 25%, you know, your church grew mm-hmm. for a reason if you're a growing church. So you're going to replace that 25% and then you'll have a bigger online audience. So I think that's important. And then just the idea of, you know, there's all kinds of talk and, and, and debate around, can someone become a fully devoted follower if they're just committed to online church and, and how do we disciple them? And that's something we're talking about very heavily and, and how can we, inc- you know, mm-hmm. enhance our rooted experience online and, you know, how do we share the gospel uh, online apart from just the weekend experiences. And so those are things that we're looking at pretty heavily. And then, mm-hmm. you know, what, what is the online? What does the in-person experience look like from this point forward? How how is it changing? Is it the same? You know, it, it are, you know. So I don't know. Mm-hmm. We're still working through some of that. Yeah, I think there's so much there. You know, there's the this idea of um, a fully digital disciple. You know, using the language you use there. How do we help people take those steps towards becoming a fully devoted follower of Christ purely through our online channels? Um, I do feel like the churches that are going to move forward have seen this as an accelerating season to figure that piece out, right? Like we've got to wrestle through and figure out what that looks like. And, you know, I don't know, I I don't, I would hope that we wouldn't take a step back that it's like churches that maybe before this, we know, and your church wasn't one of these, you you guys were doing online before this kind of the great pivot in March, but, um, but there were churches, a lot of churches and large churches and churches that were prevailing who, who really weren't doing anything or, or, or were maybe doing a podcast, but weren't doing really, you know, weren't, weren't asking some of those questions. They were just answering it all in person. And now, man, it would be a loss. It would be a shame if we step back from that and say, Hey, let's not, you know, let's not invest there. What, what are you, what are you thinking? What's your, your kind of on that specific issue around kind of both and doing both in person and online or how are you crafting your experiences or thinking about those experiences going forward? I know there's this whole question around, are we just replicating online what we used to do in, in person, or are we trying to come up with a digitally native experience that does that might actually look quite a bit different from what we do uh you know in person how how has your team kind of wrestled with that question yeah we we are in the process of trying to figure that out right now right now we actually we actually do uh it it's the online viewer is getting about 60 to 7 well about 70% of the live broadcast but what's happening is like the host is the is is the online campus pastor or the online host, not the person mm-hmm. who's on the stage. So, mm-hmm. so there's there's break in moments to where okay they they'll break into worship, but they're the ones that are setting it up, not the guy who's on stage. 
And then, uh, when it, when it comes to, we did in our, at our church at Compass, we celebrate communion every weekend. I know some of your listeners are in churches that do it once a month, once a quarter, all good. Uh, we do it every weekend. So obviously when, when that time comes, um, you know, it, it breaks back into the online broadcast and the online campus pastor or the online host and then generosity moments right. the same way. So the message and the worship are still live and, and right there on stage. But so and we are we are looking at, at the possibility of, of just an exclusive. And I know I know some churches that do exclusive online broadcasts. We're not against that. But you look at some of the. You know, you look at some of the churches that are, are doing uh, online ministry really, really well. Life Church comes to mind, Church of the Highlands. They, a lot of that is is a live experience and not so much pre-recorded. So we're just kind of trying to learn from our mentors and models as well. Totally, yeah, that's great. That's, uh, yeah, I think that is that's the question that I seem I keep running into, and so many churches are wrestling through that exact issue. How are we going to, you know, in some ways the you know there's that whole kind of joke realization we, we look back we're gonna look if we, you know there was all this pressure in march and april to make that pivot um we're gonna look back at that and say wow that was an easy season because we were just doing it digitally um where you know trying to come up with what does the model look like when over you know months and years we're sustaining both a digital and in-person experience and 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 really trying to invest in both of those to make them great unlike the you know the pastors you were saying around who may be trying to not make that experience great the churches that are trying to say hey we're committed to that there's some legit questions around what that's going to look like well drew i have really appreciated you being on the show today this has been uh this has been super fantastic anything else you want to share just as we wrap up as we kind of bring this episode to a close no i think it's just i think what i would just encourage pastors to do and leaders to do is just to make sure that you don't, you're not in survival mode right now, because I I do believe Mm. that this is not a throwaway year. I think this, I think you can, there's so many teachable moments for your people. And I I would hope that we would, Mm. um, that we would, you know, take a lesson from the early church. You know, if you think about in the book of Acts and, and you think about all the oppression and all the trials and all the obstacles that they were facing and and they pressed forward and they expanded their territories and they enlarged their you know their group of people and they they led people to Jesus and so I, I think we should do the same. Of course this isn't easy. Of course I'll be glad when this is over. But I, I really think that this season we can look back on it fondly. I don't think we have to look mm-hmm. back on it with dread or or any kind of regret. Mm-hmm. And and So we're trying to move the needle forward as much as we can at Compass. And that, that would be my encouragement, man. Press on. Love it. Well, Drew, I really appreciate you being on today. If people want to track with you or with the church, where do we want to send them online so they can, they can follow along with the story about, of what God's doing at your church? Yeah, I appreciate that. Just, I think just compass.church is the best resource and that's, that's, you can find all the messages there and, and we're we're happy to help and 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 you know come alongside churches. We we do it a lot and, and we love doing it. We love you know we, we kind of see ourselves as a sending church and an equipping church. So go to compass.church for any anything you need. Love it. Well, thanks so much, Drew. Appreciate you being on the show today. Okay, brother. Thanks, Rich. I appreciate it. 
Thank you for tuning in to this week's Unseminary podcast. Don't be shy. We'd love to connect. Check out Unseminary Inbox. You can sign up at unseminary.com and we'll send you helpful training resources every week. Plus, you'll gain immediate access to our exclusive members area with tons of resources you can use. Connect with Rich on Twitter at Rich Birch or through email rich at unseminary.com Don't forget to check out the show notes for this episode at unseminary.com It includes links to what we talked about today and more. Leave a comment. We'd love to hear from you. Did you enjoy today's episode? Drop by iTunes and leave a review. Thanks again for tuning in to this week's Unseminary podcast. Join us next week when we'll learn more stuff we wish they taught in seminary.